Hey there, future fans. This week, we get some royal guests, we get some dangerous guests, but we really just need our space. This is the week of September 20th, 2019, and you are listening to episode 151 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show if i sound a little weird if i sound louder or something sounds just something sounds off uh, blame my cats because they were walking around on the soundboard they did something and i can't quite figure out what they did because everything looks the same it, it really does but remember if you do not like it if you do not like the quality of sound blame them not me I am innocent in this matter, but we have a lot to talk about this week. We have quite a few movies and a, a lot of everything else. So let's not waste any more time and we will just jump into what this show is about in case you're new. If you are new, welcome to the show. If you are a returning listener, thank you very much for coming back. I missed you. Did you miss me? I hope you missed me because I missed you. What is this show? This is a show called Future Flicks with Billiam, and on this show, I do quite a few things. Let's start with what we always start with. We talk about the news after a little bit of an intro, which I, I sometimes do, but some weeks I guess I'm just not feeling that clever. This is one of those weeks, so we open up the show with the news and then the trailers. Those are any new news and new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. After that, we go into the movies, which are broken up into two categories, the wide releases and the interesting indies. In both of these sections, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. That is where the limited section stops, and in the wide releases and interesting indies, we go a little further. I give you a few thoughts on it. These thoughts are based only on the trailer. And then I give it a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. The Bill Score can go anywhere from a 0 for those horrible, horrible looking movies to an 11 for those movies that turn it up that extra notch. Out of all the movies, I have a pick of the week that is the movie that I think you should see, that anyone should see if they go see a movie this week. Please keep in mind, this is just my pick. If you would rather see something else, if you have some opinions on anything I talk about, or if I miss some news or I miss a trailer that you would like to hear me discuss, just let me know by tweeting me, hitting me up on Instagram, emailing me, um, commenting on SoundCloud. All the ways you can contact me can be found in the show notes and in the closing housekeeping. And then we wrap it all up, the whole show up with a question of the week, and then I send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Well, without further ado, my future friends, let us jump into the the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Well, you know, let's start out with some funny news, and this is this is nothing but just funny. Tommy Wiseau, 
who you would know from movies like The Room or Best Friends, he has added himself to the cast of The Suicide Squad. No, this isn't actually happening. He just thought it would be funny, especially because we have those pictures of him as the Joker that he did with the, I believe it was with the Nerdist. But what would, you, what would your take on a Tommy Wiseau Joker be? I mean, we're getting a Joker from Joaquin Phoenix that has nothing to do with anything that has come before and will have nothing to do with anything that will come after its own its own thing. So how would you feel about a Tommy Wiseau Joker? So that, that's the question we have to be left with right now. This next story comes to us from Uprox, and it could be future bad news, but right now it's just a bad rumor that they are threatening to do a Princess Bride remake. Who has been discussing this? We don't quite know. Apparently Variety did a lengthy piece on television pioneer Norman Lear, who is one of the film's original films, that is, executive producers, and within that piece... They did mention that certain unnamed famous people were discussing a Princess Bride remake. So nothing is nothing is official. This was just a talk, but this mere talk has received such amazing pushback from people that I really think they'd be stupid to move forward with this. Instead, probably what they should do is just do a theatrical re-release, add some deleted scenes or something if we if there are any, add some extras at the end. Just do something, clean it up. But one of the famous people who have spoken against this is Jamie Lee Curtis, who I forgot, uh, or actually didn't know, was married to the Six-Fingered Man. And there are so many jokes I can make there, but I will not. But basically, Twitter just had a anger ejaculation all over this, and... Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to happen. This next story comes to us from GameSpot, and this was something I thought we knew already. That now Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson are confirmed to return in the 2020 Ghostbusters movie. So we had GameSpot, this relatively well-known source for stories and news and stuff. I mean, they're about games, not movies, but I, I do kind of trust them more than I would some random random ass website or some random person's blog but i thought everyone except rick moranis and of course harold ramus unfortunately rest in peace have signed up for the remake so either way we do know for sure that dan Aykroyd and ernie hudson are signed up have sigourney weaver and bill murray signed up i thought they did i could have sworn i've reported on this by now well we will find out in 2020 and in more news that I didn't think needed to be news, this from comicbook.com, the director of Joker, Todd Phillips, has said that there will not be a sequel to this movie. I thought we knew that. But of course, if you if you either know me or have been listening to the show for a while, you may have noticed that there are things that I just assume. And then later when a story comes out about it, I usually think, oh, I thought we already knew this. And also, if you if you don't know, sometimes I do have the bad habit of assuming that if I know it, everyone else must know it. And, and I think that's part of my self-deprecation where I don't think I'm that smart. So if I know something, if I have some information, then obviously other people must. But that's a tangent. Basically, Joker will not get a sequel. This next story comes to us from CinemaBlend.com. A set photo reveals that James Wan's Mortal Kombat movie is now officially filming. This is the Mortal Kombat movie set for March 5th, 2021, with James Wan producing and Simon McQuoid directing. Simon McQuoid, this is his first official director, directoring, directorial job. And so far, the cast is made up of Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion. Oh, I got that wrong. Which, yeah. And a bunch of other people that I don't think we know. 
Well, we might know him. We'll go, we'll go over this when the movie actually comes out. He says, assuming the show will be going in 2021. This next story comes to us from NME, whatever that is. There's a mockumentary being made about the most famous mistake or one of the most famous mistakes in movie history. This is the mistake that took place during Star Wars A New Hope when one of the stormtroopers knocked his head on a door in the Death Star. This will be called The Empire Strikes Door, and it comes to us from writer, podcaster, and YouTuber Jamie Stangroom, and he will interview different actors who claim to have been the one to make the mistake. This mockumentary is due out next week, and I still, I'm still actually not sure if this is going to hit theaters or if it will just be on YouTube, so we will see. This next story comes to us from Deadline, and in exasperating news, Warner Brothers Animation is planning a Funko Pop movie. That's right, a f***ing Funko Pop movie. Obviously, they saw that the Lego movies have done well, and that the Playmobil movie sure was a thing, or actually has yet to be a thing. That's coming out December 6th. And apparently they're thinking, why the f*** not? The only, the only thing I hope is that they do pull a Lego with this and just go crazy, just have fun. Because I think that's why Lego... The Lego movie did so well is because they didn't try to make a fantastic film. They just had fun and they did tell a good story, but the focus was on the enjoyment of that. A benefit that Funko has that Playmobil didn't and that Lego does too is that how many great shows and movies, every, books, how many of these things have Funko Pops so they can get try and get rights from certain properties and then put them in the film and we will get a lot of fan service, which could potentially be cool. But more on that as it develops. This next story comes to us from Essence. Apparently Matt Reeves, the Batman, is eyeing a woman of color to play the iconic role of Catwoman. And if you will remember, we have seen women of color playing Catwoman before, going as far back as 1968 with Eartha Kitt playing Catwoman on Batman the TV series. Uh, this Essence website had a list of people they would like to see and good god i sure hope that matt reeves doesn't see this list because some of these are i think really bad ideas some of them really good ideas this next story comes to us from market watch movie pass is shutting down shocking nobody what may be shocking people is this news just coming out today that there may be a resurrection of movie pass Former MoviePass chairman Ted Farnsworth is trying to buy the failing subscription service, this part of the story coming from Variety, so we will see if it fully dies or if it zombifies itself and comes back. And if it does come back, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think you know what I'm going to say here. Don't sign up. Don't sign up until they have a good, an actually good thing going on. Because at first, MoviePass did it had a really good thing going on, just like Cinemia at one time had a really good thing going on. Then all of these companies just started dying because it's not a good idea. You need more. They need some other way to make money. So if MoviePass does come back, just wait a bit before you sign up if you are interested, and then read the fine print to death. Make sure you read every single bit. This new story comes to us, another one from comicbook.com. Kevin Smith apparently knows more about the new Batman movie than we do. He says that Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves' Batman movie is based on The Long Halloween. The Long Halloween, of course, one of the more famous Batman stories. Famous because it's, it's both really good and it has a huge cast of characters in it. All these murders are happening in Gotham. Batman's trying to figure out who... And it's not all the people he's questioning. It's not Catwoman. It's not Two-Face. It's not the Joker, oddly enough. And fun fact, if you didn't know, this is the 
second movie to base itself on The Long Halloween. The first time it was The Dark Knight, which was loosely based on The Long Halloween, but but pretty loosely. Uh, if this one does stick more to the original story, then we will see a totally different movie. Also, the fourth season of Gotham apparently adapted some elements of The Long Halloween storyline. In news from Cinema Blend, James Gunn confirms that he is only directing one more Guardians of the Galaxy movie. This doesn't seem too shocking as most Marvel movies, the most we've seen are three, except of course for Avengers, which needed it. Oh, but wait, Thor's getting more movies. Okay, never mind. That point, that point is already gone. Let's forget it. But if we do get any Guardians of the Galaxy movies past this next one, it may not have James Gunn at the helm. Of course, he does have the, all the right to change his mind if he wants to come back. But my friends, at least we will get one more. In news from Vanity Fair, we're getting a re-release of a Francis Ford Coppola movie. A movie from 1984 starring Richard Gere and uh, Diane Lane, Bob Hoskins, Nicolas Cage, Fred Gwynn and uh, more people. The movie was about the Cotton Club. It was a famous nightclub in Harlem. This story follows people who visited the club and those who ran it, and it's peppered with the jazz music that made it so famous. Well, why is it getting a re-release? Well, here's why. Because at the time of its release, Francis Ford Coppola was told by the studio that his movie had too many black stories, and he didn't fight them. Instead, he gave in and cut some of the scenes involving more of the characters of color, and now he's righting that wrong and re-releasing the movie full of those black stories. So good for him, and I look forward to seeing this. I've never seen the original, and I think instead I'm just going to wait and watch this one instead. Well, my future friends, that is it for the news. Let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio, and we'll be right back with the trailer trove. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, my future friends, we are back, so let's not waste any more time and step into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, well, let's start with a trailer for a limited TV series. And why am I talking about this? Because it's right up the alley of a lot of us who were born around the time that this show was popular. This is the limited series, a three-episode miniseries called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, this is based off the show from the 90s on Nickelodeon of the same name. And in this one, it seems a little different. We have a new Midnight Society, so a new group of kids sitting around a campfire telling scary stories. But it turns out that at least one of their stories comes true, and then they have to get to the bottom of it. Or I assume they're going to die, or people are going to die, or something's going to happen. I assume something bad is going to happen, because you have to have some sort of risk in a movie like this to keep it interesting. And something to keep in mind about this is that it's not made for us. This is made for kids today. But I do think that we were kept, people our age, people who were fans of the original show, were kept in mind a little bit because I think that the folks at Nickelodeon know that some of us are going to watch this. But don't expect an 
adult-focused show. Expect one made for kids that knows that also there'll be adults watching it. Are You Afraid of the Dark? The limited TV event premieres October 11th this year. Next up, folks, we have the second trailer for Midway. This is the action drama movie based off of the Battle of Midway, and it looks f***ing amazing. I I cannot wait. This looks so, so good. It stars Luke Evans, Patrick Wilson, Mandy Moore, Ed Skrein, Woody Harrelson, Dennis Quaid, Darren Criss, Nick Jonas, so two musicians in this, Aaron Eckhart, and... This is really why, I'm going to say it again, you know what I'm going to say, this is why World War II is such a good, uh, such a good trove of stories that we can get movies out of. Because look at some of the most famous ones, and I'm just going to name a few off the top of my head. Uh, We have Saving Private Ryan, we have Pearl Harbor, we have Hacksaw Ridge, Flags of Our Fathers, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, all these movies that... Are, you know, they're all war movies, they're all action war movies, but they're all different too. We have all these different stories we can tell, and it's so good. Good movies come out of these tragedies, because war is a tragedy, even if we had to be in it to protect our way of life. So war itself may be hell, but the movies that we get from it look pretty damn good. This comes out November 8th. All right, folks, next up, we have the trailer for a film called Like a Boss, and I am already sold. But some of you, when I tell you the cast, or, you know, maybe one specific person in the cast, you may be turned off of this. This stars Rose Byne, Selma Hayek, and, wait for it, Tiffany Haddish. Also has people like Jennifer Coolidge, Billy Porter, Karan Sony. This movie looks hilarious. This is about two friends who own a company who start their own beauty company, and unfortunately, it doesn't go as well as they hope, and they become $43,000 in debt. Well, they are approached by this woman named Claire Luna, played by Salma Hayek, who wants to invest in their company. She wants to invest a couple million in their company, but it turns out that all she really wants is to steal their good ideas because she is a more savvy businesswoman than they are. But she just wants to cover up her stealing of their ideas by being an investor. So it's basically about them trying to figure this out and then trying to stop her. We've seen comedies like this before, and once you watch a trailer, you will know if this is the type of comedy you want to watch. It has some great actresses in it, and it has uh, it's full of basic basic jokes we've seen before. We've seen these jokes, but they keep on working. They keep on they keep on being funny. At least to me, maybe not to you. So this may be a movie that you want to 100% skip on January 10th, 2020. Or maybe you'll be with me and I assume my wife in the theaters watching this. Check out the trailer. It looks really funny. And I forgot I added this video to the trailer trove. It's not a trailer. I just saved it so I can remember how to pronounce his name because I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Apparently it's Timothée Chalamet. So now I know how to say it. And I'm sorry if for some reason he has ever listened to this show and I've mispronounced his name to his face. Or two's ears. Uh, there are two trailers for TV shows I'm not going to get too into just because, well, frankly, I don't want to and I'm a lazy sack of shit. The first TV show, or TV, quote unquote, it's for an Amazon original series called Modern Love starring, well, a lot of people. So let's go over the list. This stars, in no particular order, Sophia Butella, Olivia Cook, Tina Fey, Julia Garner, Anne Hathaway, Kathleen... 
Catherine Keener, John Gallagher Jr., John Slattery, and it does look really good, so it's worth keeping an eye out for when it hits on October 8th. The next one is a, let's see, oh, another Amazon original. Wow, Amazon, way to, way to step up your game. It's called Undone. This is an animated movie or animated TV show star- starring uh, Rosa Salazar and David Diggs and Bob Odenkirk. So Modern Love is about, let me just tell you what that one's about. It follows like six true stories or something. And this one, Undone, is about a woman who discovers she has a new relationship with time after surviving a car accident that almost killed her. And she finds out that she has a power to travel through time and her dead father wants her to use that power to save him. Well, let's talk about movies, which is what this show's about, believe it or not. The next one is for a Netflix original movie called In the Shadow of the Moon. The official synopsis is a Philadelphia police officer struggles with a lifelong obsession to track down a mysterious serial killer whose crimes defy explanation. What the trailer tells us is that there's a series of unusual killings, and Locke, this cop stumbles upon the scene of one of these murders and thinks he sees the suspect and he goes chasing this person he catches her in the subway the killer turns around turns out it's a woman who knows him and she gets the jump on him and then she jumps in front of a train nine years later these killings start again and in a security footage from somewhere before one of the killings they see someone that looks a lot like her the trailer was a little just a tad confusing because it seems a hint at the there's some sort of time travel and if if i heard what they said right normal time travels one way forward of course and she's going back and so it could be a a doctor who and or a doctor and river song sort of thing where the first time the doctor meets river is the last time she sees him and the last time he sees her is the first time she sees him And so if that's really the case, I think they gave us a huge spoiler in the trailer, but this is a Netflix original movie coming out next week. So hey, it'll give you something to watch. Next up, my future friends, we have another Netflix original movie, this one based on a novella by Stephen King and Joe Hill. Joe Hill, of course, Stephen King's son, who took the name Joe Hill because he didn't want his father's name to affect his writing. Which I get, because, you know, if he went by his real name, would he would he be famous because he's good, or would he be famous because he's Stephen King's kid? Well, anyway, it's called um, In the Tall Grass, and it stars Patrick Wilson and Laisla de Oliveira, I think is how you say it. Oh, good, she's going to be in a TV movie remake of Gone Baby Gone. That's such a good idea. No, that movie is super depressing, and they should never do anything with it ever again. Uh, but this actress is relatively new. The only thing really of note that she's going to be in is in the Lock and Key TV series, which is coming out later this year, I believe. Lock and Key, if you never read it, was a super good comic series, and it's really worth a read if you haven't. You can find the trades out there. But let's talk about In the Tall Grass. So we have this couple driving through middle of butt nowhere, probably Iowa or something, and she, she hears a kid crying out in a cornfield. Or not corn, actually, just out in tall grass. And her and her husband go into the tall grass to find the kid. They get separated, and they can't find their way out. Then eventually, other people, they stumble upon other people who have been stuck in the grass, too. How long have they been stuck there? Why can't any of them get out? No idea. Is there anything else in there with them? That's what the movie is going to answer on October 4th. Next up in the trove, we have the second trailer for Ford vs. Ferrari. This is the movie that stars Matt Damon... Christian Bale, John Bernthal, and other people who are not Matt Damon, 
and this is about, well, Ford versus Ferrari. The only reason I knew about this before the movie came out is because my dad is a huge car guy, and up until recently, when he switched to Chevy, he was a Ford guy. But then he decided that he no longer needed his testicles and got a big Chevy SUV, which is good because he probably wasn't using them anyway. So this is about the this time in the 60s when Ferrari had won the 24 hours Le Mans race or whatever you would call it for five years in a row. And this man named Carroll Shelby had an idea and he went to Ford and goes, hey, I want to help you beat Ferrari. Help me with my idea. And part of that idea is this crazy racer named Ken Miles. So this is a story of how Carroll Shelby built the car and how Ken Miles drove it and how Ford tried his hardest not to fire them the entire way through. This is a car movie. If you're not into cars, don't watch this. If you don't like Fords, maybe don't watch this. If you don't care about Le Mans, maybe don't watch this. But there's a lot of people that will like this movie, and I think it's going to be entertaining, and I think it looks good. The two trailers I've seen so far show me that this is just going to be a good movie. It's not any sort of awards bait whatsoever, and... I can respect that. Ford vs. Ferrari comes out November 15th this year. Next up, folks, we have a trailer for a film called The Warrior Queen of John C. This has no set release date yet in America. Uh, November 2019 for India, but I don't know when it's going to hit America. This stars Devika Bissi, I think, B-H-I-S-E, from The Man Who Knew Infinity. It also stars, let me see, Jodie May from movies like My Sister, My Sister, and The Last of the Mohicans, and Rupert Everett, who I haven't thought of in a while. But this is based on a true story. Uh, the true story of Lakshmibai, I think, the historic queen of Jhansi, who fiercely led her army against the British East India Company in the infamous mutiny of 1857. This is a drama biopic written, directed, and starring Indians taking place in India. And I think this looks really good. I had no idea this this thing even existed, that there is a mutiny and the East India Company went fighting against a warrior queen and her army. This looks like one of those movies that's really good, but no one sees it in theaters. And then it makes the round after theaters. Maybe someone buys it or hits streaming and then people are like, oh, have you seen that movie? That looks so good. That's what this looks like. So I will let you know if I ever find out when an American release date happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was either in November as well and hasn't been officially announced in America or if it was first quarter next year. Next up, we have a cheery little movie called Farming. No, I'm kidding. This looks like it's going to be emotionally devastating. This is based on, and I'm going to try not to butcher this name, but I will, so I'm sorry, Adwale Akinoye Agbahe. And this is the, his story and how he was farmed out, quote unquote, to his parents, a white British family, and hope for a better future by his parents who lived in Nigeria. And I, I'm assuming this was a thing. This is something that happened because in this movie, you see a bunch of white parents with these Nigerian kids. So I'm guessing it was a thing to give away if you didn't think you can give your kid a good, a good home to give your kid to a white family in the UK or somewhere in Europe and, and then they would raise them. So this is this kid's story and how he was met with how he's confused and how he thought, well, why am I black? And they, they're white. So he tried scrubbing his skin going, oh, I must be dirty. And he would try putting like talc on him or something. Oh, this makes me look more white. And now he's met with a lot of racism, like uh, this whole keep Britain white movement and how he joins it because he's like, oh, they, they, they'll accept me now. They'll, they'll accept me like one of them because I should be white. And we have his mother going basically, what the f are you doing? No, like you're not one of them. 
So yeah, totally cheery movie. The good news is I've seen a picture of the real life guy and it looks like he's smiling now, so yay. This stars Damson Idris, Kate Beckinsale, and Gugum Banthara. Next up, folks, we have a trailer for another adaptation of The Secret Garden. This one comes out next year, and it stars Colin Firth and Julie Walters. And, of course, the people who play the children, but they haven't really done much yet. But it, it does look good, but here's the thing with movies like this. With all of the retellings and the redoings of The Secret Garden, Little Women, Pride and Prejudice... What makes this one special? With the new version of Little Women coming out, they showed me. They, they got a really good cast, and it looks like an honest telling. That has sold me. This, I'm not familiar with the book, but it looks okay. I mean, it has a good cast of, of the main two adults, and it looks pretty, but what else is it going to give us that is going to make people go to the theaters to see this? A remake of a movie that's been made a million times. Maybe we will see more impressive things as more trailers come out, but for now, it, I mean, it doesn't look bad. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have two more trailers and then something that's not a trailer, but is actually pretty cool that you can watch on the YouTubes. So let's wrap this all up with Dark Waters. Dark Waters is a, a movie that seems like it has a lot to do with right now. The scary thing is that it has a lot to do with the 90s as well. Or is it 80s it took place? Uh, well, anyway, you'll get what I'm saying. So this movie stars Mark Ruffalo, Anne Hathaway, Bill Pullman, Tim Robbins, and Victor Garber. And this is about a lawyer, a big-time corporate lawyer, who gets asked to help a friend of his grandma, I think, who owns a farm and 129 of his cows have been dying. Well, actually are dead. And so he looks into it and learns that the water in the area is poisoned due to a local chemical company that has really deep pockets and has their their fingers in quite a few politicians' puppet strings. So the guy who used to defend big corporations is now trying to fight against one, and he knows all of the tricks are going to use. But it's not that simple. Just because they have more money more power, more pull, and he's the only one on the side of this small town that's slowly being poisoned. And yes, this is a movie that's very topical right now, but it, uh, if you remember Aaron Brockovich, that was basically about the same thing. A company that was polluting so bad that water became undrinkable. Hell, Flint, Michigan still does not have drinkable water, and I think we, we forgot that that's still a thing. We don't, we don't hear about it on the news anymore. Because there's some racist guy from Saturday Night Live. Because the president tweeted. Because there's a new trailer out. Even though I love me some trailers. We, we forget to talk about this. So I think this movie, even though it's not directly about Flint, it's not directly about Aaron Brockovich's case. We are, Of course, we already had that movie. I, I do think it's a topical, very topical movie. And it also looks really good. It also looks equally frustrating and enraging knowing that this kind of stuff goes on right now. And that's one reason I like movies like this, because it, it maybe may help open some eyes. But it's also why I may never be able to watch a movie I liked, like The Big Short. I may never be able to watch it again, because it angers me so much that these people knowingly did these terrible things for selfish reasons that ruined lives. In Dark Waters, of course, it's literally killing people with poison. And in the big short, while well, they just almost destroyed the economy, and they basically get away with it because they're rich. So hopefully this fiction movie that's loosely based on real events will have some justice. Dark Waters comes out November 22nd. 
And ladies and gentlemen, the final trailer that we have to talk about this week is the second trailer for the whodunit movie Knives Out. This comes from the brain of Ryan Johnson, who, even though not a lot of people trust him with Star Wars, I think we can trust him with this because I think it looks really good. This is about an old eccentric patriarch of a family who just happens to be a murder, a murder mystery writer and got super rich from doing that. He dies seemingly of a suicide the family is all there mourning, but one private investigator believes that he did not take his own life, but was murdered, and then the whodunit begins. This has an amazing cast, if you haven't heard it before, let me just tell you. And in no particular order, Ana de Armas, Chris Evans, Catherine Langford, Tony Collette, Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Christopher Plummer, Don Johnson, Lakeith Stanfield, and Frank Oz. This movie may be one of the best of the year. I really think that's how this is adding up, because we have an original movie. So yay, don't get me wrong. You know I love me some comic book movies. You know I love me some sequel goodness. You know I love me all those types of films, but... There's something amazing about a truly original movie. And I know some of you can argue, oh, is it truly original? This, this has been done in this book. This has been done in this movie. But you know what I mean, that this isn't based on something else, that this came out of the brain of one, one human being, you know, in some cases more than one, but you know what I mean. It's an original story, not based on a previously existing story. And it looks really good. It has a really, really good cast. Tony Collette is amazing. Chris Evans is great, especially if you see him in stuff outside of Marvel. I love him a lot, but I prefer him out of Marvel because much to Snarf Chris's uh, chagrin, I am not a big Captain America fan. I liked early Cap in the movies. I liked later Cap in the movies, but in the middle, I think he just became a huge bitch. Now we get to see Chris Evans outside of this role. And he looks really good. Daniel Craig is amazing. Daniel Craig is another one of those actors that, in, in recent time at least, has tried not to get shoehorned into a role because he's great as Bond. I think he's my favorite James Bond. I will always have a place in my heart for Sean Connery, Roger Moore, for Pierce Brosnan, but Daniel Craig is amazing. But it's good seeing him in other roles, trying to play other characters. And so I think this movie has all of the potential. It has the potential to be, like I said, one of the best movies of the year, and we will see when this comes out on November 27th this year. I actually didn't tell you much about the trailer, did I? I just said, oh, it looks good, trust me. Well, that that's mainly what I do, isn't it? That's mainly what I do here. The trailer just showed us, well, duh, more scenes. We get to see more of the characters and how they interact. We get the feeling that Chris Evans is a young hothead. We get the feeling that... Tony Collette and Jamie Lee Curtis are just old and bitter. Michael Shannon just seems like he doesn't quite know what's going on, or maybe he does. And Don Johnson, God bless him, he's still going, and I, I am looking forward to it. So before I go, ladies and gentlemen, you may have seen recently on Somewhat Nerdy, I did post about a, a short, little short that came out from the world of Jurassic Park. This is called Battle at Big Rock, and it's available right now on YouTube to check out and it's so good. It, it is so, so good. So I liked the Jurassic World movies as entertainment, as blockbusters, but this is actually good. It shows the promise that the Jurassic Park world, the Jurassic Park universe has, and it gives me hope. So you can find it. You can find it on YouTube. Won't be hard to find, or you can go to the Somewhat Nerdy website where I hopefully will post it about this by now. It's just a short eight minute movie. The, or, you know, movie with sarcastic air quotes because it's only eight minutes, but it's it's super good. 
It takes place in the aftermath of the last Jurassic World movie, but you don't have to have watched the movie to enjoy this. Well, my future friends, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle. Then we'll be right back with the first part of the movies, which is the limited releases. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me... Starf Chris and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah. yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on someonenerdy.com. All right, folks, we are back and we have quite a few movies, so let's just jump into it. So we are in the limited release section, and we will start with Loro. During a tumultuous period in the career of Silvio Berlusconi, as his marriage to a second wife, Victoria Lario, fractures, Loro speculates on what may or may not have taken place behind closed doors, depicting a wide variety of characters from multiple levels of society and their attempts to either ingratiate or distance themselves from him. This is an Italian movie starring Tony Servillo, Servillo from La Grande Belleza or The Great Beauty. Next up, folks, we have a film called Walk to Vegas, which could also be called Seven Days to Vegas. Uh, I've seen it both ways, so I'm just going to say both names. This is imp- inspired by a true story about a gambler who will bet on anything. This man, he has lost his fortune and accepts a bet to walk from Los Angeles to Las Vegas in seven days for millions of dollars. This stars Vincent Van Patten from Hell Knight, Ross McCall from White Collar, Paul Walter Hauser from Cobra Kai, James Van Patten from Saw 4, 6, and 7, Willie Garson from White Collar, Lucas Bryant from Haven, John O'Hurley from Seinfeld, and Jennifer Tilly from Bride of Chucky. Alright folks, next up we have a documentary called Game Changers. This is about a UFC fighter's world and how it's turned upside down when he discovers an elite group of world-renowned athletes and scientists who prove that everything he had been taught about protein was a lie. And oh good, a documentary about nutrition where people have proven something. That always works well. And next up we have a film called Taza, One-Eyed Jack. A young poker player, once at the top of his game, loses everything after he plays for one big jackpot. To save himself from a loan shark settling his debts, he joins a poker team led by the legendary poker player One-Eyed Jack. While successfully working their plan to win a huge jackpot, a single mistake puts the entire team in a dangerous life-or-death situation. This is a South Korean movie and part of a series called Taza. And as far as I can tell, it doesn't share any of the same actors with the others, so I really don't know what the connection is. But basically, this looks like a South Korean answer to Ocean's 8, kind of, or more like uh, 21. All right, four more movies in the limited section, folks. The first of those four is called The Wedding Year. A commitment-phobic 27-year-old's relationship is put to the test when she and her new boyfriend go to seven weddings in the same year. This stars Sarah Hyland from Modern Family, Tyler James Williams from Detroit, Anna Camp from the Pitch Perfect series, Jenna Dewan from Step Up, Keith David from The Thing, Wanda Sykes from Monster-in-Law, and comedian Grace Helbig. So despite this movie having a couple people I like, the fact that stars Sarah Hyland... now. Alright folks, the first of the last three movies is a documentary called Diego Maradona. 
Constructed from over 500 hours of never-before-seen footage, this documentary centers on the career of celebrated football player Diego Armando Maradona, who played for SSC Napoli in the 1980s. So if you're a fan of 80s football, um, this is for you. The next film is also a documentary called Where's My Roy Cohn? Or Cohen. One of the two. Roy Cohen personified the dark arts of American politics, turning empty vessels into dangerous demagogues. From Joseph McCarthy to his final project, Donald J. Trump, this thriller-like expose connects the dots, revealing how a deeply troubled master manipulator shaped our current American nightmare. So yeah, this seems like it's going to be a very fair and, and balanced movie and won't have a uh, agenda at all. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a movie called Three From Hell. This is a sequel to The Devil's Rejects. This stars Sherry Moon Zombie, Bill Mosley, and Sid Haig, who are returning from The Devil's Rejects. Also stars Clint Howard from Apollo 13 and Danny Trejo from Machete. And I know th that The Devil's Rejects was a, a, a cult classic, a modern cult classic. A lot of people liked it, but I just don't like his movies. I do not like Rob Zombie's movies. I think he should just stick to the thing he knows best, which is music. I saw him live a couple times. He was he was really good. It was a really good show. So he should, instead of doing these shitty looking movies, he should do music. There we go. Well, my future friends, that is it for the limited release section. Let's take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. And we'll be right back with the wide releases and interesting indie. So please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall to wall, filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store. I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> the f did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of fucks and garnished with a crown of. Shut the f up. How the f did we get here? Fuck all that. Fuck a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, folks, we are back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies with the first one called Midnight Traveler. When the Taliban puts a bounty on Afghan director Hassan Fazili's head, he is forced to flee with his wife and two young daughters. He captures their years of flight using three cell phones, and this is the culmination of their continuing journey. This is a refugee documentary using the real footage that this guy Hassan Fazili took when they were fleeing for their lives. And you know what? If I was his wife, I would f***ing murder him. So you made this movie about the Taliban. You made a, a documentary about the Taliban that put them in a bad light. They then put a hit out on you. They want you dead. They are going to come after you and your family and kill them. So you have done this despite the fact that maybe what was said in the documentary needs to be said. I, I understand that. But now you are filming while we are running for our lives. And I understand the story, the refugee story has to be told because so many different countries, including ours, are dealing with a crisis or actually dealing with refugees who are fleeing a crisis. 
And this movie comes out the week after, I think it's the week after, that America put down new laws regarding refugees. Which makes me think we should just take that plaque off of the Statue of Liberty that says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless tempted, tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. No, I didn't have that memorized. I had to look it up. But basically, that means jack sh right now. And it means jack sh for, you know, not just America. It means jack sh for a lot of other countries. And, you know, I get it. I get there's so much to this. It's not just, oh, well, let's welcome everyone. I understand what a big deal it is to take hundreds, thousands of refugees in who aren't going to have anything, aren't going to be able to walk up, walk up and go, hey, I would like a home, please. Here's all my money. Here's a home. I'm ready to get a job. I can speak English. I can do all that. I, I get that. But I just think there's too much hate. One look at the comment section for this trailer just makes me want to tell all of those people, all of those horrible human beings, just to take a long walk off a short pier. This looks like an interesting documentary. It really does. No matter what I, th what I would think if I was in that case personally, it looks interesting. But even though I just argued to why we should see it, because, you know, it's a story that needs to be told, I'm still not sure if I'd ever watch this. Midnight Traveler gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a film called Midnight Diner. The Midnight Diner is a small one-man counter-only operation where Master serves up good food in a comfortably informal atmosphere. Everyone has a story. All through the year, they come. This is a Chinese movie that's based off a Japanese Netflix TV show. The show is called Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. It was one season and it looks like it is on American Netflix. It's a 10 episode show that, okay, here, here's the skinny of it. I watched the trailer for the show and then I watched the trailer for the movie. Even though it's a straight up remake and it should be the same thing, they made the trailer for the show better. So the show looks better. The movie looks boring, but I don't think that the movie really is. I think they just made a terrible trailer. So if you want to see it, if, if this interests you at all, there are two ways to see it. You can watch it on Netflix right now. One season, 10 episodes. The main difference is that the show, of course, is going to be longer because it's 10 half-hour episodes. Oh, apparently this is also based off a of manga. And, of course, the show is Japanese, while the movie, I think it's going to be more condensed. It's going to be the same idea. I bet it's going to be just as good, but more condensed because it's going to be one, what, hour and a half to two-hour movie, and it's Chinese. So the, the ethnicity of of the work I don't think matters. What really matters in which one you want to see is would you rather watch the original TV show or do you want to watch a shorter but less fleshed out movie? Me, I'll probably do both. I'll probably watch the series first and then sometime, maybe years later, watch the movie. This looks good, but ultimately forgettable. Midnight Diner gets a six out of 11. Well, let's keep the Japanese theme going with a movie called Promare. A futuristic firefighting mecha service is created to protect the world. This is an anime from Hiroyuki Imaishi of Kill a Kill and Tengentapa Gurren Lagann. If you have never seen Tengentapa Gurren Lagann, I, I suggest you do. It is an amazing show. And the good news is there was also an OVA they released that condenses all 52 episodes, I think, into three episodes. And it's still good, but the 52 episode show is just better. But Promare, if you are familiar at all with Kill a Kill and Tanka Top and Gurren Lagann, which if I ever say it again this episode, I'll just narrow down to 
Gurren Lagann, as most people know it as. But if you've ever seen those anime and you watch this trailer, it's pretty obvious what it's from. Um, as for watching it, if you're a huge weeb, I mean, if you're a huge weeb, then you might want to check this out. Uh, if you like anime, check this out one day. But only the biggest of weebs, or the biggest of Hiroyuki Imaishi fans, should see this in theaters. Promare gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a movie from Sweden called Brit Marie Was Here. Brit Marie, 63 years old, has just left a 40-year-old marriage and her long life as a housewife after catching her husband cheating. After being told she is a nagging, passive-aggressive aunt, she finds the only new job in her small town of Borg. And she finds it quite challenging. The town of Borg's only bit of pride comes from their young soccer team, and now it's Brit Marie's job to coach them. Because, you know... When your town's source of pride is a soccer team, why not hire someone who's never done it before and who seems probably like the worst person to work with children? Hire her to do it. This is a Swedish movie based off a book by Frederick Bachman, who also wrote A Man Called Uva and Beartown. A Man Called Uva was already made into a movie, which has... I, I talked about it, I think, last year sometime. And it's being made or remade with Tom Hanks. And Beartown is being turned into a TV show, but just over there. And it's called Bjornstad, I think. I'm probably pronouncing that so wrong. It's, you know, it's Swedish. This actually has someone we know in it. Uh, starring as Britt Marie is Pernilla August, who you would know as Anakin's mom from Star Wars Episodes 1 and 2. I really want to see this. I really want to see a man called Uva, too. The original end, then I'll watch the Tom Hanks version, because it's Tom Hanks, for crying out loud. And brings up the fact that it's interesting that they're doing this one first, because Britt Marie was here was the sequel to... A book called My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry, also, of course, by Frederick Bachman. But, of course, maybe this book just did better than the other one, but maybe we'll get a prequel to Burt Marie Was Here One Day. Either way, I do think this looks good. This looks well acted. It's from a writer that I've read one of his books. I did read A Man Called Uva, and I loved it. It may even be one of my favorite books of all time. You know that stereotypical thing for people who review things going, I laughed and then I cried. You know what I did? I f***ing laughed and then I f***ing cried. That's what I did during that book. It was amazing. So I am really looking forward to this and I want to see it, but probably not in theaters. Brit Marie was here. Gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called Running with the Devil. When a cocaine shipment is compromised to the dismay of a drug cartel's CEO... And today I learned drug cartels have CEOs. <clears throat> Sorry, let's start again. When a cocaine shipment is compromised to the dismay of a drug cartel CEO known simply as the boss, he orders his most trusted henchman, the cook, and his partner, another master drug trafficker known as the man, on a dangerous journey to audit the company's supply chain. All the while, they're being tracked by federal agents who want to get a new and dangerous drug off the streets. This stars Nicolas Cage from Moonstruck, Lawrence Fishburne from The Matrix, Barry Pepper from 61, Leslie Bibb from Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Cole Hauser from Days and Confused, Peter Fascinelli from Nurse Jackie, Clifton Collins Jr. from Capote, and Adam Goldberg from Saving Private Ryan. And as stupid as that premise sounds, like, oh, he's known as the boss, and this guy's known as the cook, and he's the man. Really? Go, go f*** yourself. That sounds terrible. But as terrible as it does sound, the trailer made this look interesting, like entertaining. And that is a good cast. Just the first three. The other people are okay, but we have Nicolas Cage, Lawrence Fishburne, and Barry fucking Pepper. Barry Pepper actually is all I really need. Lawrence Fishburne, 
He's just he's just candy. He is just icing on the cake. Hell, I can say that the other way. All I need is Lawrence Fishburne and Barry Pepper's icing on the cake. And Nicolas Cage is just, he's just a little bump of cocaine after dinner, isn't he? But the film looks entertaining. This looks like one of those films that you'd watch, enjoy a lot, but ultimately forget about. And every once in a while, it'll come back around. You're like, oh yeah, didn't I like that? You watch it going, yes, I did like this. This is entertaining. And then you forget about it again. Because it seems like this has, and, and kind of a thing like instant gratification where you do like it, you do enjoy it, but it doesn't look like it has anything to help it stick in your mind. This looks entertaining and maybe something to be watched another day down the line. The only thing I hope, the only thing I hope is that, so this guy is known as the boss and it's a drug cartel and stereotypically and maybe even realistically drug cartels are from South America, central to South America. A lot of Spanish speaking in that area. I hope they don't call him El Jefe because Oh, God, that is... I, I hate that so much. I hate it so, so much. You know those stupid police procedurals that old people watch all the time? Where all the episodes are the same. Nothing really changes. Nothing really matters. You can probably guess... Anyone who is familiar with stories, just stories in general, books, movies, TV shows, can probably guess the ending. But they have things like that. Like, oh, he's the new drug boss around here. He's called El Jefe. No, what probably happened was some mouth-breathing troglodyte was writing some script that he didn't care about because he's writing mindless television and he only does it because he gets paid but he just recycles ideas he's like what's a good name for a drug cartel leader el jefe i'm talking to you ncis go f yourself running with the devil hopefully will avoid a lot of these tropes that i see in these police procedurals that really piss me off Hopefully, the cast of Nicolas Cage, Lawrence Fishburne, and Barry Pepper will blow my mind. That is what I hope. But Running with the Devil will only get a 6 out of 11. All right, folks, next up, we have a film called Villains. After a pair of amateur criminals break into a suburban home, they stumble upon a dark secret that two sadistic homeowners will do anything to keep from getting out. This stars Bill Skarsgård from It, Micah Monroe from It Follows, Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice, and Kira Sedgwick from The Closer. So with the movie we just talked about, Running with the Devil, I said that the big selling points for me were Nicolas Cage, Lawrence Fishburne, Barry Pepper, not necessarily in that order. For this movie, even though I like Bill Skarsgård and Micah Monroe sure was in a movie I've seen, it's Jeffrey Donovan and Kira Sedgwick that really sell this for me. Burn Notice was a f***ing fantastic show. The Closer was, for a police procedural, amazing and also had captain harrison from police academy but jeffrey donovan kira sedgwick playing a a pair a married couple who seem to be psychopaths and who catch these two people played by bill skarsgård and micah monroe breaking into their house and then go all jigsaw on them that's what i want to see this movie looks interesting it it just seems like this is a movie that's made to fail in the theaters, but have a big, bigger second life somewhere after this. Like it will either go, go to Netflix or Hulu after the theater run, or it will hit DVD and Blu-ray and be really cheap. And I think that's when more people will see this. I think that's when I'm going to see this because I do want to see this, but I'm not going to go, hey, sweetie, let's go to theaters to watch villains. No, not with the big mo bigger movies that are coming out this week. Even though I think this movie looks entertaining, there are two movies I want to see more this week. So even though there's nothing huge coming out, there's no big indie darling movie. There's no huge blockbuster that people have been talking about for a long time. 
Well, okay, there kind of are, but not on the level of summer blockbuster. So even though we don't have anything huge from the indie world, and we don't have anything huge from the world blockbusters, this is still a really good week for movies. It really is. Villains looks entertaining, like a tongue-in-cheek thriller horror, and it's it's kind of cool if you just watch a trailer. Villains gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, we have a film that will probably make me cringe myself to death, and that is called Between Two Ferns. The movie. Zach Galifianakis and his oddball crew take a road trip to complete a series of high-profile celebrity interviews. This stars Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover, Haley Steinfeld from Pitch Perfect 2, Keanu Reeves from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Brie Larson from Captain Marvel, Tessa Thompson from Thor Ragnarok, Matthew McConaughey from Dallas Buyers Club, Bumper Cars Crumpet Butter from Doctor Strange, Will Ferrell from Daddy's Home, John Hamm from Mad Men, Rashida Jones from Parks and Rec, Adam Scott from Parks and Rec, Tiffany Haddish from Girls Trip, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones, Model Chrissy Teigen, Jason Schwartzman from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, John Cho from Star Trek, and musicians John Legend and Chase the Rapper, and host David Letterman. So this is a star-studded affair, and I know that Zach Galifianakis's Between Two Ferns was, was popular. It, it really was. But I could never actually sit through an episode. It just made me cringe so hard that I cringed into a Sonic the Hedgehog-sized ball and got the f*** out of the room so fast I didn't have to watch it anymore. I'm not saying it's bad, I just can't watch cringy things. And if there's anything that Between Two Ferns was, it was cringy. The trailer for this did look funny, so if you are a fan of Between Two Ferns, Between Two Ferns the movie will be more of the same and they just kick it up a couple extra notches, so you should definitely check this out if you liked the show or the videos. I'm not sure if it was an actual show or not, or it was just a YouTube thing. Whatever it was, if you liked it, check this out. I want some shows that I loved to get the same treatment in a movie, to get the this, to get this sort of thing. So if you liked Between Two Ferns, this is for you. It's not actually hitting theaters, but it could be for you the day it gets released on Netflix. For me personally, Between Two Ferns gets a 5 out of 11. But if you're a fan of the series, check this out. Alright folks, next movie is called Bloodline. Yeah, a lot of films coming out this week. We are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 away from the end. Bloodline. Evan values family above all else, and anyone who gets between him, his wife, and newborn son learns that the hard way. But when it comes to his violent tendencies, it seems the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. This stars Sean William Scott from Evolution. And uh, this movie just looks okay. It looks interesting. It, it, it made me take notice that, oh yeah, Sean William Scott is still around. This is a totally different role from him than I've ever seen him in before. We usually know him from comedies, right folks? But now he's in this movie where he plays a Dexter-like person. And I, I do really want to check this out. Like the vast majority of movies that I've ever talked about in the wide releases and interesting indies section. This is a movie that looks entertaining. It looks like it won't be bad, but it also doesn't look like something I need to go see. If one day I stumble upon this, I will watch it. If I never stumble upon this, I am not going to worry about it. And I do assume that you all know what I'm talking about with movies like this, where if you stumble upon it one day, you're at home and you turn on Netflix or Hulu and it pops up that there's this new movie that just got 
that Netflix or Hulu just picked up. You're like, oh, I do have some time. Maybe I will watch this. But if those specific circumstances didn't happen, you would never go out of your way to find this movie. So let's wrap this up with Bloodline looks not bad, but not great. Bloodline gets a five out of 11. Next up, folks, is a movie called Corporate Animals. Lucy is an egotistical megalomaniac CEO of Incredible Edibles, America's premier provider of edible cutlery. She decides to take her staff on a team-building caving weekend in New Mexico. When disaster strikes, not even their useless guide, Brandon, can save them as they're trapped underground by a cave-in. This stars Demi Moore from G.I. Jane, Ed Helms from The Hangover, Jessica Williams from The Incredible Jessica James, Karan Sony from Deadpool, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. from Pete's Dragon, Dan Beckedahl from Life in Pieces, Callum Worthy from American Vandal Season 1, and Jennifer Kim from Mozart in the Jungle. And you may remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about the trailer for this because the trailer dropped and it looked, oh, it looked okay. I compared this movie as far as want and need to see it to a to a broken lizard film or or a rooster teeth film where i know i would enjoy this and i will watch it so unlike uh, unlike bloodline i will watch this it's not a question of if but when but also the when could be any time like i like broken lizard movies but when i took part in the indiegogo for super troopers 2 and i got it i didn't feel the need to watch it right away I eventually did. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. But I didn't have that need. And with Corporate Animals, I think I'm going to like it. I think I'm going to watch it. I think it's going to be funny. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to go, I am so glad that I watched this. But I won't go, oh, I wish I watched this sooner. I wish I watched this when it came out. I wish I watched this with friends. No, I'll just sit back and go, it looks good. I'm glad to see Demi Moore. We, We don't see a lot of her. She was... She was pretty big in the 90s, right? Late 90s, early 2000s. This looks like it has all the right pieces. It really does. But what it doesn't do is really grab me and shake me and say, you need to watch this now. God damn it, Billiam. Get off your ass. Watch this now. I'll go, no thank you, movie. Instead, I will watch my pick of the week. For it is the pick of the week. For corporate animals, you did not do enough to make me want to watch you this very week. And if you like, if you like comedies, if you're a comedy fan, I think this too should go on your one day list. Definitely watch it, but take your time. Corporate Animals gets a seven out of 11. All right, my future friends, uh, just a quick note, a story I stumbled upon that I thought was pretty funny about Between Two Ferns is that in the movie, Zach Galifianakis calls Bradley Cooper a hot idiot and it made it into one of the trailers and when Zach Galifianakis saw the trailer he stopped he called up Bradley Cooper just to tell him and get ready to apologize and he told him and he said he just laughed he didn't care he's a good-natured guy that way Galifianakis went on to say I don't want to hurt people but I do want to make them feel weird there's a fine line there all right so enough of that note so I hope you have remembered which fork is your salad fork and which one is the main course fork and which one's a soup spoon because it's time to return to Downton Abbey. That's right, the next movie, well, I already told you the title, is called Downton Abbey. The continuing story of the Crawley family, wealthy owners of a large estate in the English countryside in the early 20th century. The estate is all abuzz with news that the king and queen are going to visit Downton. This stars the returning cast of Hugh Bonneville, Michelle Dockery, Jim Carter, Robert James Collier, Matthew Good, Maggie Smith, Elizabeth McGovern, 
Penelope Wilton, Laura Carmichael, Alan Leach, Joanne Frogat, Raquel Cassidy, Phyllis Logan, Sophie McShay, Brendan Coyle, and Leslie Nickel. But my two favorite characters aren't making it back. Just saying. Just saying. And the new and notable to the cast are Tumpence Middleton from Sense8, Imelda Stanton from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Kate Phillips from Peaky Blinders, and Geraldine James from Sherlock Holmes. I'll be honest, when Downton was coming out, I loved the shit out of that. I loved me some f***ing Downton. I was posh as f***. I watched this movie. I drank tea at times. It's true. With my pinky raised, f***ing always, because I said I'm posh, right? Well, I watched the show until they killed one too many of my favorite characters in a single f***ing season, and then I rage quit the show and I never finished it. Part of me regrets that. Part of me wants to go back and rewatch it, but another part of me does not want to relive the death of my two favorite people. But I do still kind of want to know how it all turned out. Well, now we have a movie. A movie that really makes me want to rewatch the show, but I'm still hesitant. Because in this little reunion movie they're doing, they're not pulling a Will and Grace and retconning the shit out of the show. No, they couldn't do that for me and my well-being. Not at all. But here's the down low. Here's the skinny. Here's what it's all about. This is what makes this so goddamn easy. Did you like Downton Abbey? Yes. Then watch the movie. Did you dislike Downton Abbey or have you never seen it? If so, do not watch this. Huzzah! You have your answer. I have done it. I will take my award now. Rarely are movies that easy. If you saw the trailer and it interests you, for the love of God, don't start there. Watch the goddamn show. Don't be a heathen. Watch the show. Be posher than a Spice Girl. And then watch the movie. For the rest of you, you can skip it. For people like me who are somewhere in the middle, God help you. Downton Abbey gets an 8 out of 11. Alright folks, two movies left, and the last movie that's not the pick of the week is a film called Rambo Last Blood. Rambo must confront his past and unearth his ruthless combat skills to exact revenge in a final mission. Final with sarcastic air quotes. This stars Sylvester Stallone from Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, Paz Vega from Spanglish, and Yvette Monreal from Lowriders. And my friends, we are so blessed. We're so blessed this week because we have yet another film that the question of whether or not you want to see it is very, very simple. If you have seen the Rambo movies and this looks interesting, see it. If you've never seen a Rambo movie, for the love of God, start with First Blood because it's the best one. This doesn't look bad. It really doesn't. But this is really made for fans of the series or even fans of the first one who may not have even liked the other ones who look at this and go, maybe, maybe they can capture some of what made the first one good. Because Rambo was like Rocky in a lot of ways, where the first film in both of these series were really good they were actually good films and the other films in the series were entertaining but never quite reached that same level that the first ones did and then if you remember when rocky balboa came out that kind of revived the series a bit it was a much better film than the previous movies were and then we got creed movies that were quite good and then rambo was the same one the the last rambo that came out got people interested again. It was an entertaining film. As good as the first one? No, but it re it reminded people that Rambo was a thing. Rambo was entertaining. And this movie could be the one where they go, oh yeah, we like Rambo and this movie's f***ing great. 
which is why I did say sarcastic air quotes when I talked about the final mission, because Sylvester Stallone is not an idiot. He's, he even said that as long as they want him to play these characters, he will do it, which basically means as long as they want to throw money at me, I will accept that money. And you know what? God bless him. He is being honest with us. He is saying that while this is said to be the last Rambo movie, if they want him to do another one, he's going to f***ing do it. Thank you, Sylvester Stallone. Thank you for telling us what we already knew, of course, but what so many other actors out there will never tell us, never admit to. And a movie like this, and all the others like it, movies that are, that are reboots, not reboots, but sequels to much older films that are just coming back and giving us this nostalgic feel. It'd be interesting to see if these movies can do it, if these movies can make a buck in the theaters, if these movies can catch people's eyes, and if Avatar can do the same thing. Because Rocky, Rambo, Terminator, all of these movies were very popular, and they were also around for a while. They had a lot of sequels, a lot of sequels that were arguably not as good as the originals, but they had a lot of sequels in a long life to them. So now when they come back, we're like, oh yeah, we're, we're A, not surprised that another movie is coming out. And the fact that it looks potentially better than some of the other sequels, it intrigues us. But then we have a movie like Avatar that came, that one film came out, just a single film. It blew the box office away. It set box office records. People saw it multiple times in the theater. I think I saw it two or three times in the theater. But still, it was only one film, and now they're planning five others, four or five others. So unless the people behind Avatar, who are going to sell us the Avatar sequels, unless they can pull some magic out of their ass and James Cameron can pull this off, unless that can happen, sequels in the Rambo, in the Terminator, in the Rocky series, in all these series are going to do better. I'll tell you what, folks, this is another movie that I am going to see. But what I probably will wait for is some Rocky collection to come out at Rocky and some Rambo collection to come out. Uh, and then I'll get it on some Black Friday sometime in the future. Do you see this in theaters? Hell, maybe. It looks interesting. It looks like it will be a good theater watch. I think there's a better movie this week, but Rambo Last Blood won't, wouldn't be a bad choice. Rambo Last Blood gets an 8 out of 11. And with that, it's time for the pick of the week. And the pick of the week is Ad Astra. Astronaut Roy McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed exposition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. This stars Brad Pitt from Cool World, Liv Tyler from Armageddon, Ruth Negga from Our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Tommy Lee Jones from Space Cowboys, Donald Sutherland from The Italian Job, and John Ortiz from Peppermint. I know I've talked about this movie quite a bit in the trailer trove and in the news a couple times, so I, I do want to keep this short, especially because this is going to be a long episode, but I think this looks like a great film. I love science fiction. I love all types of science fiction, like quasi-realistic science fiction like this, and totally impossible, never-gonna-happen science fiction like Star Trek and John Carter. I love all types of science fiction, but what gets me super excited are movies like this, are genre films for a genre that I love that seem to be totally original, that it looks like they actually got money to do good things with, that the studio actually believes in it, and we have this coming out, Hidden Theaters, and it looks so good. Brad Pitt is a fantastic actor. Liv Tyler, Ruth Negga, Tommy Lee Jones, Don Sutherland, John Ortiz, they are the perfect 
supporting cast. This movie looks looks really good. It looks like a great a great mix of action and drama and mystery too. And I think this is the movie to see this week. If you see any film this week, it should be this one because it fits the perfect mold. It fits the mold perfectly of what a theater watch should be. It is very entertaining looking. It looks like it will take full advantage of the big screen and the wonderful surround sound. And it looks like a movie that would stay with you. This movie is the best example of a film that you should see in theaters. I've spoken about this movie so much since the first trailer came out that I don't I don't even know what to say at this point. This comes to us from director James Gray, who did movies like We Own the Night and The Lost City of Z. It was written by him and Ethan Gross. Ethan Gross, who wrote things like a few episodes of Fringe. Oh, that's it. Okay, I, well, I guess he doesn't have a huge pedigree there, but hey, I liked Fringe. And a lot of the early reviews are saying that this isn't a sci-fi blockbuster. And I get that. And I think that's one of the reasons I want to see this so bad. Because you know I love me a blockbuster. I've said that two other times this episode, I think. I, I probably say it every week. But there's a special place in my heart for films like this. Engrossing and engaging movies that can show even the snootiest of douchebags that genre movies have a place. Ad Astra is the movie that's going to show them that. Ad Astra gets a 10 out of 11. And with that, it's time for our final break, and then we'll get into the question of the week. So please stay tuned as we hear a word from our friends at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. And we are back. We are back with a question of the week. And if you did not remember, the question of the week is, which movie released from June 2016 to now has been your least favorite this question came up because for episode 150 i i made a list of my 10 most loved films from when feature flex started which was june 2016 and my five most hated films from when the show started to now 15 movies for 150 episodes i had a theme going trust me and remember if you didn't answer which almost Everyone didn't. The only other answer besides me and Anne I had to fish for from Evan. But if you didn't answer, answer any time. If you listen to an old episode for some reason and there there's a question of the week in it, you can answer that. Just always, I ask you, if you answer an old question of the week, remind me what the question was. Because you can say, oh, my answer is The Godfather. I'm like, oh, good for you. What was the question? So to reiterate, the question was, what was your most hated film from June 2016 to now the answer we got outside of this household was from evan who i think may have had a different answer if he had the full list that i did but he didn't look into it as much as i did so he says justice league and even though i liked justice league just as a blockbuster and i think it has more rewatchability i think it's better the second time around i do see why he said that because it was such a disappointment 
But I do have to say, I liked it more the second time I saw it. I liked it more the third time I saw it. And I told him I'm still holding my breath for a director's cut, which is supposed to be balls to the wall amazing. So there's that. Anne answered, and she says, and not being purposely contrary to Evan, she said, Ready Player One. The reason she said it was because she had liked the book a lot. Thus, the movie was disappointing. And it really says something that she liked the book because she is not from, she's, she's not a child of the 80s. She didn't live through that stuff like I did, like a lot of Somewhat Nerdy Crew did, like a lot of you may have. So I loved it because it's a great story. It's just a well-written book. And it has a lot of fan service for the 80s, early 90s stuff. But she doesn't have that same appreciation for the decade. Well, she has some, but not all of it that I did or you may. And she still liked it. So I can see that, that I think worse movies came out between then and now. But I can see that the disappointment, just like with Evan's answer for Jurassic, Jurassic World, Evan's answer for Justice League, I can see that the disappointment adds to the hatred or just simple dislike. Hatred may be a, a tough word, a, a harsh word. Well, it is time for my top five or let's say my bottom five films from June 2016 to now. So some movies that I thought about putting on the list but didn't actually make it were ones like The Nun, War for the Planet of the Apes, A Wrinkle in Time, and Ready Player One as well. But my top five in order from least hated to most hated are Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, two, Independence Day Resurgence, three, Alien Covenant, four, Neon Demon, and five, sell. And a lot like Evan's answer and Anne's answer, my answer has a lot to do with disappointment too, because the book Cell was great. I loved it. Sure, it was a stupid idea, but Stephen King found a way to make it so good, so interesting, and I cared so much about the characters. And then the movie came out, and it was Cancer Incarnate. What does syphilis look like in physical form? It looks a lot like the cover of Cell. And it's weird because I had a good cast and it was just a horrid movie, a horrible, horrible film. One day, I actually want to meet someone who liked it just to ask them why. Like, why did you like it? Because when I put these in order from least most hated to most most hated, I thought about which ones would I rather rewatch. And I would rather watch Fantastic Beasts than Independence Day, Independence Day than Alien, Alien, the Neon Demon, Neon Demon, then Cell. But it was close because Neon Demon was terrible. But Cell was just a little worse. Well, that is my answer, my top or bottom five, that is. And just to remind you of what the top five was of the last few years was Hacksaw Ridge, A Monster Calls, Love, Simon, Your Name, Detective Pikachu, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, A Star is Born, It Chapter 1, Shazam, and Avengers Endgame in actually no particular order. Well, my friends, we need a question of the week for next week. And this week's question won't be as time-specific as the last two. I'm, I'm going to stop with that shit for now. And what I will ask is, what movie from the last few years have you missed that you still really want to see? And you could be a lot like me in that case, where... You missed it not because you had no interest in seeing it in theaters, but because, well, stuff came up. So once again, what movie from the past few years that you haven't seen yet do you still really want to see? Well, with that, it is time for the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as any podcast app. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating 
I would love five stars, please. All the stars possible. And then share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts, which are also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Support the friends of the shows whose ads you've heard during this episode. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>